0: You're about to listen to a message from Pastor Ike Okeke of the Father's Church. The Father's Church is an assembly of believers committed to revealing the fatherhood of Almighty God to this generation through sound biblical teachings and corresponding moral conduct. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill that purpose. And leave that life that God has originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen.
1: When God was going to create man, God spoke to God and said, Let us what? Make man in our image. When God was going to create the fish, he spoke to water. And say, out of the water, let what? The fishes and all the creatures in the water come out. When God was going to create the trees and all of that, out of the ground, okay? Animals out of the ground. Everything has its being, has its sustenance, as it dwells where it came from. We were made from God. We are made to worship. We are made to gather together as the people of God. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some. Tell your neighbor, get out of that song. That's not where you want to be. Because the day is approaching, as we are going to see from the text we are going to read. It's dangerous to miss any meeting. You don't know the hour of your deliverance. In fact, we think it's normal. You miss Wednesday, you know, praise God. Most of us here have done school or some in school. I remember those days, you know, I was foolish in school. How many of us were foolish in school? I was very foolish. So I don't attend lectures, and then when it gets two weeks to exam, we do what is called the crash course, right? And then you think those who attended lectures were foolish. Listen to me. There is understanding, and then there is cramming. When you cram and read the question, if they twist it, you write OP. When you understand, no matter how they twist it, you will untwist it and answer. Why? Because you were following. There is something about line upon line, precept upon precept, following the word of God. That's the way you were patterned to live. In fact, you know, even food, for those who, you know, I mean, if your system isn't used to fasting, if you fast and miss some meals and eat immediately, what happens? Your stomach revolts. Because it's saying, you didn't give me this food six hours ago. Why are you bringing it now? Because the world is created to operate in a seamless manner. So the same way with your worship. Praise the Lord. I pray that I will see every one of you on Wednesday in Jesus' name. Make it your habit. My Christian life changed when I started attending midweek service. It's a deception to think it's the same thing. It's not the same thing. I'm telling you the truth. There are some things that you can't hear on Sunday. Okay, I'm with you. There are some things that you can only hear in the evening. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, somebody. Okay, come with me to John 20. We'll read verse 24 to the end. Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. This is what I'm talking about. He wasn't there. He wasn't at this service. That was the beginning of his problem. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas, thank God, was there with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here. And look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but be living. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Verse thirty. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, as your word has desired, today we pray that individually, everyone here today, everyone joining online, everyone that will listen, oh Lord, by whatever means. That the intent of the scriptures will be accomplished. That we will believe in Jesus. And that believing in him, we will have life in his name. Holy Spirit, open our understanding. Enable the teacher, enable the hearers. Let the will of the Father be done here. Let the kingdom prosper. Let light shine. Let darkness be dispelled. Thank you for marvelous things that will occur in the lives of your people. Even today and from today. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, you know this account because we can't get out of the resurrection, you know, um, weekend too quickly. Wednesday was so so so, such a blessing. I I listened. We followed online, and also tried to listen to the message as well. Something about listening the second time, you know. And and what I see in this account that we are looking at today is that the Bible says all things indeed work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. We said Thomas here was not with them the first time Jesus came. And today I want to say to Thomas, thank you. You know, I want to really thank him because that thing he did has become a source of blessing to us, as we're going to find out as we go on in this text. This is one of the most beneficial, most helpful accounts recorded for this season. And it is so because it captures something that we could easily overlook. When we remember the Easter weekend, you know, it's such a dramatic thing that happened. You know, so many things happening and dramas, movies, and all of that have come out from them. But what I want to begin, you know, to stir your mind with is this. Resurrection was the most significant demonstration of God's power. Do we agree? Praise the Lord. In the annals of Christianity, it was. I want to ask you a question. How many people... Knew it had taken place. Do you know that not one soul knew that the resurrection had taken place? The first, like we took note of last Sunday, was Mary Magdalene. She found out later. Okay? Not one soul. Not one person. Nobody felt it. Nobody dreamt it. Nobody sensed it. Nobody heard the sound. Nobody was feeling in his body. Jesus has risen. Nobody. All of them. So, let's take it, Jesus rose early in the morning, maybe 5 a.m., 5.30 a.m., 6 a.m. By 7 a.m., when Mary and Magdalene were coming to the whole world, Jesus was still dead. Am I right? But was he still dead? Do you know the possibility of wrongness? You and I can be operating in? With the majority. You know, some of us, once majority backs something, we agree. Everybody is Saying it. Everybody agrees with it. Everybody believed as at 7, 8 a.m. that Jesus was what? Still dead, but he wasn't. In fact, the Bible so records for us that even the Mary and the few women who they told he has risen, when he went and told the disciples, the apostles, Peter, John, James, what did they say? They said it was idle. Tales. They didn't believe. Hours after Jesus had risen. We learned some time ago here about sensitivity to truth. And there is nothing that a Christian needs to survive and more so to thrive like a heightened sensitivity to what? To truth. What I want to show us this day is that your feelings are not reliable. Your senses are not reliable. Popular opinion is not, are not, cannot, is not reliable. That one million people say it does not mean it is true. The only thing on the side of resurrection was the word of God. Destroy this temple and what? On the third day, I will raise it up. What sign are you going to give? He said, I'm not going to give you wicked generation. I'll give you no sign except the sign of Jonah. He was in the belly of the fish. For three days, so shall the son of man be. The only thing that is reliable, brothers and sisters, is what? The word of God. Medical tests are not reliable. Economic facts are not reliable. You can rely on it. We learned some weeks ago that everyone lives by faith. You can't say, I'm a realist. No. When you say you're a realist, you're deceiving yourself. You're believing in something. Maybe IMF. How many of us made the statement, COVID is real? In the heat of how many of us? Don't raise your hand. How far now? Putin has taken it away. It's no more real. You see, you can be overwhelmed by information, by all of that. But the only thing you should rely on is what? What does the word say? Why? Because it says heaven and earth. COVID is not heaven. COVID is not heaven. Heaven and earth, whatever it is, shall what? Pass away. But not my word. Not a job. Not a title of my word will go unfulfilled. Child of God, the more you begin to realize the untrustworthiness, the unreliableness of every other thing. How I feel. I feel strong. Who told you? Some people have been feeling strong and then dropped and died. And then we have some people that were dying, and for years now, they haven't died. We're still waiting for them to die, <laughs> okay? And we're seeing them, okay? We're seeing those who are playing football as fit. If you, if you played football, if you play soccer, you know that anybody that can play 90 minutes in a football field is fit. I can't play 10 minutes. You understand what I'm saying? So, if you want to be safe, if you want to be realist, just hold on to the word. Are you with me? You remember the Bible said there was an earthquake that rolled away the stone. They didn't even sense the earthquake because it was spiritual. It was to show to us today that the only thing that you should hold, grasp, and never let go is the word of God. Our Lord Jesus answering Satan during the temptation made a statement for you and I. He said, man shall not live by what? Bread, that interpretation, man shall not live by the things that are physical. Because we are alive, we'll operate on them. But our source of life cannot be them. So I eat because I live, but eating doesn't keep me alive. But as because I'm alive, I will eat. So it says, but how shall man live? But by every word, word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, going back to our text. So Jesus is raising the women came and told the disciples, initially they said, ah, no, it's an, it's an idol tale. Then Jesus came and showed them and said to the disciples, this is me. And he showed them his hands, he showed them his sight, and they saw it, and they believed. Wonderful. But Thomas wasn't there. So our text says, Thomas, verse 24, called it to him. One of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. So they came to Thomas and said to him, Thom, we have seen the Lord. And this is what Thomas said. He said, Unless what I see in his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Okay? This is the condition he gave for believing. So this, we can say, Thomas was a realist, a scientist. Okay? And the Bible said after eight days, the disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Now look at what happened in John 26, the second part of it. Jesus came, the doors being shut. Hold on. Thomas at this time should have said, No, the door hasn't opened, so Jesus cannot be inside. Say we want to work with science. Any scientist there? We're looking at the Bible. Are you following me? So the door is shut, and then Jesus is inside. You should say, No, because there should be no person inside there. How do people enter the room? Through the door. So somebody's inside, and the door didn't open. Therefore, nobody's inside. Isn't that argument? If we went to court, wouldn't that be solid? So, but Jesus is there. The point I'm trying to bring out, I believe God was, is that you see, if we really probe what we think we are smartly holding on, we see the folly. Jesus was in the room, but the door did not open. Praise the Lord! So He said to them, "Peace to you, shalom." And then He said to Thomas. Number one, I wasn't there when you spoke to them, Abby, but I heard you. So you say, Thomas, do what? So it meant that while Thomas was telling them, unless Jesus was with him, I want you to see the reality beyond your reality. And we're looking at Thomas. I say, Thomas is a blessing to me and you, right? Because if we didn't have this as experience, we'll not probe that direction. We'll just be shouting, hallelujah, he arose, hallelujah, he arose. Praise the Lord. But there are things that you and I are here today, mourning over, that Christ has raised already. And if you get it, you will stop being sad. Is someone hearing? There are many things you're downcast over today, that if only you knew that the resurrection concerning that matter had taken place, you'd be shouting for joy now. Your problem is you're not current. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So Jesus said to him, exactly the way Thomas said it, if it was today, we'll say somebody recorded what Thomas said and sent it to Jesus, right? But it's not today. So he was there. He heard all of that. Reach your finger here. Look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it into my side. Then he made a statement. He said, do not be unbelieving. Do not be unbelieving, but believe it. You see, you know, we have come to believe this thing that if I see, I believe. Seeing is believing. How many of us know that statement is not in the Bible? Because what the Bible tells us, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, is that we walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. Isaiah 11, verse 3. Let me show you another thing he says to us. He says his delight, talking of our Lord and Savior Jesus, and those of us who are following him. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. And look at the second part. He says, he shall not judge by what? The sight of his eyes. Not decide by what? The hearing of his ears. Uh, Pastor Lord rounding up on Wednesday was saying that he's praying a prayer. That our Lord Jesus Christ had, you know, had a statement he had made. He said, just as I see the Father do what that I do. So it means if he's in a place and everybody's running, but the Father is standing. What would Jesus do? The second one he said, which was so, uh, was that he said, I, I only say what my Father commands me to say. Beautiful. He said not just, I don't just say what my father commands me to say. I even said how he said I should say it. So not just the literal words, the emotion with which I speak it. What it means, sir, amma. You see, I I, I want to do this so that anytime we stop you, you've gotten What it means as you're listening to me now is this. There is something the father is saying about your situation. Are you hearing me? There is something heaven Is saying about your circumstance. Now, your circumstance, you're feeling it. And it might be bringing anxiety. But what is the father saying? He says, say ye to the righteous, what? It shall be, what? Well with thee. He said, rejoice, O ye, what? Barren. What is the barren to do according to what the father said? What? Those who are in trouble, what does the word of God say? He said, well, be anxious for a few things. Be anxious when it has to do with school fees. Be anxious when it has to do with rent. Be anxious when it has to do with marriage. But when it has to do with coming late for church, don't be anxious. Is that what they said? What did they say? Be anxious for what? If you want to follow that line of prayer, then anytime anxiety comes, search in the scriptures and say, where, which part of scripture makes provision for anxiety? Are you hearing me? Which part of scripture makes provision for fear? He said, I'll show you whom to fear. He said, the other people, what? He said, don't fear them. Don't waste your fear. They don't have enough power. Besides, he says, not a bird. He says, are two sparrows not sold for a farden?" He says, are not one of them. Is it two or three, he said. Anyway, they are so cheap that the lowest currency has to buy more than one. And then he says, not one falls to the ground without your word. Heavenly Father's permission. He says, why are you so fearful? That's what he's saying. Praise the Lord. That's what the Father is saying. And that's what you should be what? Saying. That's what you should be thinking. That's what you should be meditating upon. Praise the Lord, somebody. So he said, do not be unbelieving. You see, the thing about unbelief is that unbelief and doubt are not exactly the same. How many of us know that? You see, that I doubt means that I want to believe. Okay? It might sound a bit intellectual, but it it will help us. It's actually a bit intelligent. That I doubt means I want to believe. But when I don't believe, it means I shut my head. I set my condition. I doubt means I believe, but I need this. Can you clarify this area? That was what Mary answered the spirit, the, the angel. It says, How can this be? What? So I just need you to what? Solve this problem. I don't know a man. And when the angel said, the power of the Most High, something greater than a man is going to come upon you. She said, be it unto me according to your word. So her doubt was solved. Are you with me? But in the case of Zechariah, it was a bit of unbelief. He said, uh, uh, <laughs> listen, we've gone through this. Don't, don't awaken my expectation. And they said, this man is going to cause us a problem. heaven held a meeting and they said, let him not be able to talk. Because if he speaks to Elizabeth, we will lose all of them. So he had no words to counter what God was about to do because he couldn't tell Elizabeth anything. If he's shaking her like this, Elizabeth will think he's singing lullaby. He said like this, Elizabeth will say, Ah, my hubby is bringing a new one. That was what had to happen. Because as far as he was concerned, this thing is, Oh, it can happen again. So he has shut off all possibilities. So Jesus said to Thomas, Please, do not be what? Unbelieving. Can you say to yourself, do not be unbelieving. Do not be unbelieving, but be believing. To believe is a choice. It's the opposite of unbelief. It's a choice that you make. And everybody lives believing in something. That's the point. Everybody believes something. Every decision you make, you make it out of believing something. We dealt uh, we, with a... Uh, um, Adam and Eve the other day. And we said, Eve looked at the tree and all of a sudden, instead of believing that this tree brought death, she believed that this tree brought wisdom. At the time before she ate, I, I want to ask us a question because I need this to sink in. I, I, I don't, I'm not looking, I'm, we're not preaching, we're talking. And if you have any time, you can raise your hand so we can, I can hear from you. There is no record of somebody having eaten that, the fruit of that tree and becoming wise am i right there's no record of anybody having any other testimony about the fruit of that tree so god said this tree will kill you the day you eat it you die satan said this tree will make you like god if stood in the middle call it science call it feelings call it uh, precedence whatever is the deception of the devil anytime you move out of what god said it is unbelief and Eve chose to eat the fruit. Is a wonder she was surprised when she became naked? Or rather, when she found out she was naked. When she found out she was dying. Why should you be surprised? God said this is what is going to happen. But you see, belief says, I want to, whatever you say, I agree. And then you look for evidence to support it. H- how many of us were old enough to know Umano Mana? I heard he, w- he just was sentenced recently. Yes, yes, he was just sentenced. Now, Umano Mana of 1990-something. Maybe 1994, 93. Okay? Do you know that people are still being caught with Ponzi schemes in Nigeria today? You know what? You have been given the choice to believe. So somebody can say she's buying egg and converting it to, uh, to cocoyam. Eh? People will take their money and give them. Why? Because you have a right to believe. And when you see some of the list of those who do these things, they are supposed to have sense. Eh? Somebody will tell you, if you put money like this, turn it like this, I'll bring it like this. It's coin? it's Bitcoin, it's a crypto, it's all of that. You take and believe. Because you have been given the power to believe. You can believe anything. You see when some women fall in love, you're wondering, what did this man do? You see the man moving, you see the woman just smiling. She can't see, she has believed in the man. He has gone. We are given the power to believe. Is a choice. It's a deposit. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when Jesus said, do not be he said, put that faith in God. Are you with me? Put that faith in God. And because the enemy knows that, you see, our last verse, John, John 20, 31. He said, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus Christ is, is the Christ, the Son of God, that believing you may have what? Life in his name. Because the devil knows that when we believe, we have life. If we don't believe, we don't have life If we don't believe where we are is human race, rat race, no difference, race. But when we believe, we become citizens of the kingdom. We become heirs of the kingdom. The difference between an heir and somebody who is just a citizen is that an heir takes everything that belongs to everybody at the end of the day. When the game is all over, like the monopoly, you pack up everything, isn't it, and give it to the owner. That's what an heir has. So, the enemy knows that if you and I can believe in this God, he's lost us completely. So, he's fighting us. He's warring against us. He's hitting us from all angles. Let me show you an account from this, you know, resurrection period that will help, you know, uh, buttress what we're trying to, you know, grasp this morning. In Matthew 28, what I wrote here is the folly of unbelief. Matthew 28, verse 11 to 15. After Jesus had risen... And the soldiers that were sent to guard the, um, the tomb went back and reported and said, This is what happened, though. We're in trouble. This is what happened. This man actually rose from the dead. This is what happened. The, the Bible says the guards of the city went to the chief priest to report all that had happened. Twelve. When they had assembled with the elders and consulted, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, saying, Tell them. His disciples came at night and what stole him away while we slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we'll appease him and make you secure. Verse 15. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And what happened? And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Can I show you something from here? Mecca, you're into media. Media is sponsored not by truth but by money. And because the people who do it know that when people see that they believe it, they invest money in it, and then they make money at the end of the day. So they gave these people money, okay, and they went and the news spread, and then Jews bought that truth. They believed in it. Are you with me? They put their weight on it. Let's analyze what they put their weight on. What was their story? It says, at night, while Roman guards, slept his disciples came and stole his body away wait oh, his disciples are still afraid at that point they hadn't even believed he rose so they're crediting them with a courage and boldness that is uncommon the disciples are even more afraid than the soldiers they themselves are hiding okay so that's one but the most significant one is that any reasonable person who was in Israel at that time, who was existing, you know, in that time, under the Roman kingdom, knew that a Roman soldier, when something is given to him to keep, keeps it at the cost of his life. And it's not something that is far. The Bible records for us in Acts 12, 18 and 19. When the angel came and took away Peter and freed him from prison, the Bible said, Herod asked the soldiers, where is Peter? Look at what happened. Verse 19, read it. He said, but when Herod has searched for Peter and not found Peter, what did he do? He examined the guards and commanded what? It's not, you know, it's automatic. Now, this is a living Peter that escaped and they were killed. They are saying a dead Jesus. Eh? (laughs) And then they're still allowed. I want to show you how much effort people make to be in unbelief. The nonsense we believe when we say we don't believe God, somebody looks at himself, he opens his eyes, he says, You speak, he hears. Do you understand? You sleep, you have dreams. Sometimes you go to Kentucky. Sometimes you go to uh, Jalingo. Okay? Depending on where the dream takes you. Sometimes you're enjoying life. Sometimes you, they suffer well, well, for that. Then you wake up, you see reality. Eh? And then they tell you there is a God that controls all realms. You say, no. Wh- who were you visiting and what was happening? So even you, you're not just all that you're seeing. Is somebody hearing me? It, it takes a lot of effort to be in unbelief. You have a conscience. You beat up somebody. You overpower somebody. You're stronger than the person. You leave the person. Your conscience starts beating you. Do you understand? It showing you that this thing is not ordinary. So what people have done over time is that they kill their conscience. They, sub, you know, they subdue everything. Some people are in a perpetual state of intoxication. I don't know a better word. There are many people we see today. A lot of the people you see and you, you know, we see on television are no longer normal. When they wake up in the morning, it's not breakfast they take. They punch some things. They have to be on a particular state of high to maintain what they have convinced themselves to believe. That's why also a lot of secular musicians take drugs because, you see, the world, the people they sing to and dance to make them to be idols unto them. And they know they are not idols, so they take the drugs to maintain the idol status. So behind backstage, backstage is a time where they have to pump up so that they can come and answer the people like this. You know? That's not them. But you've lifted them to their show to sustain it. They need to take orders. They are living a lie. That's why the last verse we read in John 20 said that believing in him, you may have life. Many don't have life. Many are cadavers that are being animated. Shocking them, they move. Shock them, they move. Some of us, you need to buy a new car, a new suit, a new dress, a new this thing to feel normal. You know, somebody said, when a woman says, I don't have what to wear. Do you know the interpretation? There is no new one bought for this occasion. So when they say, I don't have what to wear, I'm learning it. When I don't have what to wear, I say, but what of that red one? No, that's not the... What it means is that there is none that has been bought for this event coming. The one in the wardrobe has expired. The I have what to wear means I bought it for this occasion. And all the women said, <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, so unbelief is effort. The unbeliever convinces himself he's not going to die. Do you know that? Because how can you? your reasonable, The unbeliever plans for holidays. He has children. He plans, you know, my child is going to go to this school after. He'll go to this place and do first degree, go and do master's, uh, this and this and that. He plans. How can a person know that at some point in time he's going to go on a journey from this earth and he's normal and he hasn't booked his flight. He hasn't made reservation. Eh? He hasn't asked, uh, what, is, what am I going to meet when I get there? Our Lord Jesus Christ said, lay up your, for yourself or treasures in heaven where what? Where rust and moth does not destroy. Where thieves don't break in and steal. Okay? So those of us who believe, we are doing things conscious that there's a heaven. How well, can you tell me that somebody who is saving money in a bank, saving money abroad, buy a house in Dubai, is not thinking about, he he's working hard to say it doesn't exist. That's the cost of not believing God. However, that's not what we're looking at today. Jesus said, do not be unbelieving, but be believing. Okay? And then he says to Thomas, verse 29, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. And he made a statement from his own mouth, the last part. And that statement says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That's what I'm going to. Blessed are those what? who have not seen and have believed. It's a lie that I and you as well have believed that when we see things, we believe more. It's not true. How many of us have heard about the man that is selling keys of, is it keys of heaven or key of life? How many of us have heard of him? And they have patronage. You know why they have that patronage? Because people think that sign is confirmation of power. Sign is, it leads to life. And unfortunately, it's coming into the church. Jesus said, Thomas, because you have seen, you have what? Believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Which one is the normal one? Which one should be the normal situation? Eh? No, now. No, Jesus is saying, because if I say to you now, is it because I did this that you did? Means you should have done it without me doing this. Do you understand? Thomas should have believed without seeing." So, Jesus said, Thomas, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed. Because you have seen me, now you believe. But, he now made a statement. That's why I said, I thank God for Thomas, for you and I. He said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have what? Believed. It means that those who see to believe are low. Those who having not seen and believed are truly blessed. Now, I want you to understand something here. Are you listening? Are you with me? Is that the word of God, God is one, okay? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise God. Do we agree? Now, God is one. I want to ask you a question and answer me, you know, for yourself. Noah was saved. Eight people, okay? Eight people were saved from the flood. Which theology do you think Noah was working in? Sin is believing. Imagine if Noah waited. Let's see the flood. How can I build ark? No rain. How can you say I should build ark? You want to destroy the world? Destroy it first, then I will build what will save us. And then when the flood starts, Noah says, okay, children, let's build ark. Listen, people of God, Jesus Christ is the same word yesterday, today, and forever. This Thomas case is an exception. There are a lot of unbelieving Christians, and it will be difficult for them. It will be difficult if we, if we remain on that level. We must transcend to where we are believers. If Noah, the first people, the first world that was destroyed, and all those who were waiting to see before they believed, were swallowed in the flood, Noah built 120 years. He was building an ark for a rain that had never fallen. Brothers and sisters, those are our fellow, uh, what is it now? Those are our teammates. Let me just use that. So Noah passed ball to you. So I have a situation, eh? and Noah passes ball to me. And I say, let me see before I believe. 120 years, he was building ark. He was not even a builder. The Holy Spirit had to teach him. He had to go and fetch. He, they, they didn't have a, a cranes. They didn't have any of that. So you can imagine the sweat. You can imagine the effort to build an ark just because God said it will rain. Are you with me? Now, the account we are looking at, Jesus said he will rise. Let's leave now and just use that for illustration. Okay? But the pattern is this. If it is like that in the beginning, check Abraham. Abraham didn't use Google map to check out the promised land. He didn't send Lot as a foreigner. Go and see that place that God wants to take us to. And come back and tell me whether I should leave this or the child else, Because this place is good, man. He didn't do that. He said when God spoke to him, what did he do? He just packed his bag and said, You know why? Christians live by the word. The life of a Christian is not on sign, is not on wonder, is by the word. A Christian is ready. That's why when they were stoning Stephen, he looked and he saw Jesus. He said, Father, do what? Do not charge this sin against them. He was holding on to the word. He was holding on to that which is eternal. Now, at the resurrection, Jesus continually told these people, this is what is going to happen to the Son of Man. He's going to be betrayed. He told them at the last supper, "Um, one among you here will betray me. Are we, is it true? And right before their eyes, they saw Judas betray him. God forgive me. (laughs) I wanted to say if I were them. But I'm failing in my own today. So Lord forgive me even my own failures today. But uh -uh, somebody told you ABC, one, two, three, four things will happen. And then just six hours, one happens. What should you be expecting? Two. You see two happen. What should you be expecting? Three. So, I'll be betrayed. He was betrayed. I'll be beaten. I'll be spat upon. I'll be scourged and all of that. And I'll be crucified. Three happens. I don't understand. But God knows that I really don't understand because I'm feeling it too. I wish. I wonder why we're listening to this is that all of us will graduate. Say amen. Betrayed. Beaten. Crucified. Dead. And he said after I'm dead I will rise. Uh, listen. Praise and worship should have started the moment he died. Are you getting me? That's when the praise should have started. Look at what is going on. That's what it should be. But you see, they won't believe it. They need a sign. If they didn't see it, they won't agree. Now, you're here now. And we're saying these people. Their heart is hard. God has healed you. You're checking. I'm not yet healed. God has solved the problem. And then you're still... You ask Google, has this problem been solved? If I can see this and that and that. as it, Google say, no. If you see this thing, you are dying. You say, well, I'm dead. <laughs> I hear him. God has said, I'll supply all your needs. I'm your father. You jump in church. You shout hallelujah. You take your phone. You look at your balance. Depression hits you again. You're unbelieving. He says, I love you. The song we started with. Yes. He said, compassionate God. Many of us don't believe God is compassionate. Uh, in fact, Many of us, I don't want to say many of you, many of us don't believe God is compassionate because when we look at our situation, the type of cry we cry is the cry of umwute. You know that cry of "Mm, no husband, no wife, no twins, no children. That means God has kept something good from you. Listen, it says that believing you may have life in his name. The reason we are not having that life is that we are not believing we are waiting for him to show us. That's why we have all kinds of showmen. The, the man that, that is selling keys of life. He said the man went to a mountain and they videoed something that the man was shouting. And said, Lord, Lord, whatever. If you saw it, you can tell us the story. Okay? And then they used, uh, uh, what, was that? what are those people called, um, that do effects for Nollywood. House of Macro. And they did effects. Something sound happened in heaven. And it opened And then they gave him key. Key started dropping. Uh So now people are going to pay to collect key. Why? Because they want to walk by sight. What did Jesus tell Peter about keys? Is what the father tells you. Listen to me. No matter what happens on the external. Have I told you people this story? When I got born again newly. Just like every other person. I was looking for signs and all of that. So there's this fellowship. That's not even a fellowship. There's this woman that I was going to for prayers. You know, just we go to prayer and all of that. So when you go to this woman's place for prayer, she will tell you what you ate for breakfast. She will tell you the color of your cotton. She told me, your wife doesn't want to come here. She's not a serious person. She's very stubborn. You know, the woman was accurate. She was just, you know, so I'll go. I'll take money. I'll go. I'll take gift. I'll go. And then as I'm going, she's prophesying to me. Saying, God will make you this. Somebody's about to give you this. This is about to happen. Ha, cha, 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 ba, ba. She was saying it like that. And I was going. In my sincerity, I was going. But I had a pastor. For those of you who are here. So I went to my pastor and said, pastor, excited. Hoping that maybe my pastor will, will join fellowship with this woman. And then the ministry will become a ministry of science. And, and because my pastor was not saying sign and wonder. But I'm going somewhere. My pastor says, Stop going there. It was not easy, but I stopped. People of God, there is no sign external as powerful as the sign internal. It says the spirit beareth witness with your spirit that you are children of God. If you go to a movie house and they put surround sound enough and show you enough horror, you become afraid here. The same way somebody can shout, Yeah, 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 sure. You feel something. From outside. But how you really know the Spirit is working is what the two disciples on the road to Emmaus told us. They said, Did not our hearts burn within when He spoke to us? There is no greater sign that you sit and the Word of God is entering your heart. That is the biggest sign. It's entering your heart. It's as though, ah, ah, He's talking to me. Some people even accuse me after, Pastor, why? I say, You, why too? There's no great, he said, did not our hearts burn within when he spoke? Why? Because you have the spirit of God. And when the spirit comes, it bears witness with your spirit. There's no sign like that. But as long as you're looking at people falling, people jumping, people vomiting, you will be deceived. You will be very well deceived. You know why? Because lying wonders are permitted. The same way the devil was permitted to afflict Joe's body. The devil is permitted to do all kinds of things around you. So somebody say he calls phone number. He might as well call your serial number. Don't you know your phone number? You need someone to call your number for you to know it. He said, he called my name. Then you call. You're just open like that, whatever he says. Have you responded like that to the spirit of God bearing witness to you? And how many of those things do you hear? And they tell the person, you're about to sin. Don't do it. Never. It's always about prospering. I told you the word of knowledge I received. I was in church midweek service. And the pastor said, what is half a million that you want to lose your salvation for? And I had half a million that I was to collect in the morning. Talking of 1995. Or, if it's today, they would have called me. I said, receive it. That's how maybe now I will be calling keys. Because the gifts and callings of God, you, say, you know you have a call. Your greed will now determine who you will respond to. That's a problem. A lot of these people have calls. But they agree. This one, Pastor is it's not working now. How many people give me prophet's offering? When I pass, you follow to touch the ground I, 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 I touched them. Ordinary ground, ordinary seed. But there are some people, when they finish, people just fall down. Tap anointing. Why you? So the Holy Spirit, when you leave the chair, it will remain there. Which Christianity are these people talking about? And people just deceive fellow human beings. When you come to them, they do their face somehow. You're telling them their problem. It's as if they log on to heaven. And then when they turn, they look at you with one eye. (laughs) You shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. Is someone hearing me? He said, blessed are those who having not seen yet have believed. So what is it? I take the word. I read my position in the word. I take what the word says to me. When the word says, "Ah." Child of God, you say, endure hardness as good soldiers of the cross. I look at the same problem that I was fainting under and just adjust my muscles. I look at the word, he says, This too shall pass. Do you understand? I receive strength. I look at the word, he says, where sin abounds. I'm struggling with a habit. He says, where sin abounds? Grace abounds much more. I go to the Lord and say, Lord, I need that extra grace. The one I came with is not enough. Give me greater grace. You understand? I take the word. It locates my position. The word is divine GPS. That's what locates you. Every other thing is empty. Are you with me? So, concluding. Resurrection. They didn't know. Every other thing failed them. If any of them tried to say, what did Jesus say? That's why most of the accounts of the things that took place after resurrection, they said But he told you. His reason as what? They were telling them if you follow the word, you don't a blind man following the word will not miss his way. Because he said, I will rise on the third day. Third day he arose. All those that were watching signs, they didn't know. Let's rise on our faith. I'm going higher. Yes, I am. I'm going above the shadows into the presence of Jesus. Oh today hallelujah
0: I'm going
1: higher as you sing that song I want you to go beyond sight go beyond emotions, go beyond feelings go beyond all the things that the world are counting on and go to where the world is the place where there can be no failure there can be no shifting you hold on to the word. You're going
0: higher. You have been listening to a message from the Father's Church. We are sure you have been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, off Bannex Warren Park Expressway, near next Cash and Carry, Abuja, 9 a.m. Sunday and 6 p.m. Wednesday. Call us on 70 You can also find us online on our website www.thefatherschurchonline.org Facebook facebook.com slash thefatherschurch Our Twitter handle at tfatherschurch Also on Instagram Father Church. God bless you.